time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDUP Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located, here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes episode 41, and two big topics for this show. I had an opportunity to ride Harley-Davidson's CBO Street Glide, the Road Glide Special, and the new CBO Pro Street Breakout Bad Boy. And we've got a special guest joining us tonight that's going to be helping us talk about technology that's making its way into helmets, and whether that's a good idea or not. So thank you for joining us for this episode. I'm Rich Warfield. He's Rico Hogan. Unfortunately, he's not here again, but we are lucky enough to have Kevin McKinney from the Throttled Podcast joining us. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? We're hanging in there. We've been riding a little bit, and our weather's been pretty nice for the spring. We'll we'll take it. Yeah, we've had a lot of good weather down here to ride, too. Very nice. So before we get started, um, just give, give everyone a little primer on what the Throttled Podcast is all about. Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of a casual show. We we talk about a couple of news articles every week, um, have had a couple of special guests come on, and, you know, what what's going on in the world of motorcycling, and usually a, a topic of general interest. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Thanks for filling in for Rico. It's been, uh, it's been lonely without him, but we'll be glad to have him back on the next episode. I'll do my best. All right, let's not leave out our technical director, Mr. John Maracle. How you doing? Man, doing great, enjoying this nice, lovely uh, North Carolina weather. The only bad part now is the pollen's coming out, so that's flaring my allergies. Oh, yeah, here comes the pollen, indeed. Yep, now the car's getting green, but nice thing is, it's auto bells down the street. and You've got, got a season a, pass. <laughs> I got a monthly pass, and unlimited time I want to go get it washed, just pull in there and get it washed. Yeah, it's when your bike turns yellow like mine did last week. A nice shade of yellow and green on everything. So, all right. Well, we skipped the beer the last couple of episodes, one for good reason, because we got into some coffee. And then last week we were just kind of scattered, but we're going to go through our, our beers of the night again in full force. So I have a good one, John, and this is right up in your neck of the woods. Yeah. What you got for me, man? It is called Kakalaki, <laughs> which is a ginger pale ale. Sweet. So this is from Full Steam Brewery, and they're in Durham, I believe, if I'm reading they this are. correctly. And you ever been down there to the brewery? I have not. And, and kind of an interesting thing around the area, there's a lot of brewers. There are little breweries popping up in our area, so it's kind of neat. Nice. I've been drinking this one all week, and the, one of the best parts? Can. It's in the can, man? <laughs> it's in the can. Now, I know this could be a little off-topic real quick. Do you remember going up to the New Hampshire race? Mm-hmm. And going into the camp area and seeing that 55-gallon barrel full of compressed beer cans overflowing. Yeah, from like one party group. That was crazy. Oh, man. These, these guys, um, Kevin, I don't know if you've been to, if you partake in NASCAR, but they had filled like a 55-gallon drum of crushed beer cans like over the race weekend. Insane. You know, with Talladega being so close to my house, you think I would be into NASCAR? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that's just... 
NASCAR to me just means the roads in that direction in addition to nowhere you want to be. Yeah, all clogged up. Yeah, so I usually head the other direction. <laughs> all right. So, you, Kevin, are you uh, partaking in the beer tonight? Yeah, tonight I have uh, I have a Not Your Father's Root Beer by the Small Town Brewery. And if you've never had one of these things, they're delicious. I consider this kind of a multi-dessert beer. Yep. Um, but uh, they're absolutely delicious. And unfortunately, um, this is my last one. So I'm, I'm taking my time with it tonight. Oh, enjoy that. Rico found another one similar. I forget what it was called. Yeah, it's called the uh, Coney Island um, root beer, hard root beer. Leave it to the TD. And I have some down in the refrigerator downstairs. I haven't heard of that one. I do want to try. They have a ginger ale that I've heard is really good. So, And I'm trying to get one. I've heard that they have a three and three, three ginger ale, three root beer. I want to get that and try it with the, the ginger ale with sherbet as a dessert and the root beer with ice cream as a flute. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I, I get a little crazy sometimes. So, very nice, John. A beverage for you tonight? Yeah, man, I I got one for you. Hold out of the back of the refrigerator. Oh no! Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a shock top, Belgium white. All right, that's not too bad. That's not bad. No, mm-hmm. it's strange for you because you're not much of a beer man. I know. Yeah, just for you, man. Good stuff. Well, fellas, enjoy. Thank you. All right, a couple of quick uh, chit-chat topics here, and then we'll we'll get on to some of the good stuff. Um, I've been mostly riding the deuce lately, a couple of beat rides on lunch and stuff like that. And if if you're not sure what I mean by a beat ride, it's kind of like you've had enough with whatever you're doing and you need to beat on something, so I choose the bike. <laughs> and I did that today on lunch, and oh, man, what a replacement for a therapist. It was it was good therapy. Yeah, I see that, Rich. You sent me that screenshot. <laughs> And and I hate to tell you something, just to warn people, I know we're going to be a little late. Yeah. You know, did you see the report that the uh, troopers are going to be cracking down this coming week to um, limit the amount of uh, overspeeding? Yeah. Right after I got home, I saw that article. It's like, oh, it's a, you know, annual crackdown on speeders. I was like, oh, I should have read that before I went out riding. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I saw your report there. You know, I see yeah. we're going a little... I see you had the throttle open a little bit. Yeah, and I usually do that with the KLR because I can't get in trouble with it because it kind of runs out of breath somewhere around 65. But, of course, the battery's dead on it. I'm not keeping it up, so I haven't been riding that much. And um, Actually, that's kind of in your family, right, Kevin? What are, you, what are you riding? I've actually got a Super Tenere. So, uh, that's right, that's right. 2015 Super Tenere. And I, I, just, I get in a bad habit of not plugging it up either. Uh, fortunately, I'm able to, I think, ride it enough to where even during the winter months um that i i don't need to really worry about the battery charger well actually when i did get my and i hate this word the battery dongle to where i could plug it into my truck <laughs> installed at that point i was actually riding it almost every other day for a while so when it set for a month i was like you know i really need to get that thing put on and when i did i really didn't need it after that so yeah that's kind of my plan with the bikes is i try to keep them ridden so i don't have to be charged up but this one i just just hadn't been riding enough, so battery was dead. Okay, uh, one quick reminder here on our long ride contest. We've been getting a few submissions on this, so we're obviously looking for more. And just a quick reminder, it's basically uh, let us know where you're headed this summer or this riding season on what you would consider a long ride. And that is totally up to you. Like we said, it's if 100 miles is a long ride for you, that's fine. Just kind of 
let us know where you're headed and we'll put that into the hat for a couple of uh loud pipes t-shirts so got some good ones lately got some i got two that were very long and and nicely detailed so we'll probably read a couple of these in our, our big episode and we also want to mention or we also want to welcome our second patreon supporter who is also from sweden come on usa folks let's get it together so we're going to have our, our second production meeting next Wednesday, uh, which will be, let's see, as of this recording, probably only be a day or two from then, from the time you hear this. But if you get in in time, then you will also be able to join that meeting as well. All right, fellas, you turn time. Sounds good. Yeah, man. All right, this will be pretty quick, but we've been following the build-off projects lately. And, of course, we had Aaron on from uh, Indian Motorcycles of Charlotte. And we talked about the Project Scout uh, build-off. And, of course, the Fusion that was built over there um, at Indian Motorcycles of Charlotte was sent off to Daytona as one of the finalists. And if you haven't been reading out on the Internet, they have actually won fan favorite, which I think, John, is second place. Is that kind of how that shakes out? Yeah, that's what you told me. <laughs> so the, the winner was the board tracker, which Rico liked. And I know I'm not going to say this right, but that was from Moto Illumites. Yeah. I don't know. Translates into Bikes Unlimited in Canada. So congratulations to them for winning the, the Project Scout build-off and Indian Motorcycles of Charlotte for getting the fan favorite. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they did it. Yeah. You know, I'd still, if I had to pick a bike, I'd take uh, the one from Indian of, from Charlotte. So. Yeah, you like the big fenders, the full fenders and all that? It looks like it'd be more comfortable riding in the winter. Well, yeah, but... That's how I look at it. Let's get Kevin's take. Kevin, full fenders, or do you like them more minimalist? Well, on I think the bigger the cruiser, the more bags you have. Uh, I like the fenders, um, especially with the the Chieftain's uh, head up on the front of it, the way the way Indian does it. The smaller the bike, as you get into your your scouts and things like that, I think the fender should be more minimalist. Yeah, um, just to kind of reflect the um, the minimal stylizing of the bike. Uh, you know, I, I do like that. I do like the fenders. One reason is is because they're drastically different from everybody else in the system. Apart, um, a lot of these bikes from Indian kind of look and almost take after the Harleys. Yeah, I see. Where, yep, it makes them pop. Um, some of the other cosmetics about uh, Indians, which I'm not going to get re- into, I'm not crazy about, but that's a different topic for a different day. Yeah, and you're spot on. That's exactly why Rico liked it. Is it's it's not a Harley clone. They're you know they're doing their own thing. They're they're playing off the heritage, but they're also upgrading and modernizing the bike. So it's a little unique. Yeah, cool. So I know you guys covered that that little build off, did you not? I think I heard you guys talking about that. We mentioned it in passing. Uh, we really never came around to the results or, or followed it. Um, it was just one of those things of, hey, this is going on. If you're interested, take a look mm-hmm. and, and move on. You know, um, we're, we're not always as organized to come back and talk about the same subject again, unless, <laughs> unless it just slaps me in the face or it's something that I just really am attuned to. Yeah. To be honest, the, the build offs for me have kind of got lost in the shuffle with all the ones that have happened for the scouts, all the ones that have happened for the, what is now the Octane. Uh, from victory and what's happened with Harley's now and, and it, you know, they everybody's got one. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I like the articles, but usually when I close it down, I forget about it. Yeah. I like the, I like the competition because it's nice to see what kind of your regular dealers can come out with. You know, these are not, 
you know, these are not like custom builders and, you know, not to, not to diminish any of their work, but, you know, these guys are not like necessarily custom builders. Like they work on sort of stock bikes every day. So it's really cool to see, you know, your average Harley or Indian dealer come out with something just fantastic because you expect it from the builders, right? The big, yeah, the big custom builders, you expect it. So it's nice to see stuff like this come out of the, the dealerships. I would actually like to see a competition like this from what I would consider amateurs, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, Hey, we have had a, a drawing and we have picked a hundred people. We're going to get, or 10 people. We're going to give them a bike to customize, go give them the catalog. They customize it. They do the work, but they're amateurs. They have day jobs, not in the motorcycle industry and see what that comes out with. Cause I think then you'd get some really interested takes and things that I, I don't even think the custom guys would, would see because it's, that's when the, you're putting your fingers on the pulse of what the people actually want at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Almost like a, almost like a parts catalog build off, if you will. Yeah. You know, what can be done with what tools you would have in your garage? You know, you're not necessarily getting into cutting and welding and stuff like that, but yeah, that would be fun. I would, I'd jump into that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd, it'd be really neat. Cool. Yeah. So we didn't want to dwell on that. Just wanted to mention again, cause like I said, we had Aaron on and he's always a good guy to have a conversation with. And of course, uh, Congrats to Indian of Charlotte for becoming the fan favorite. All right, good stuff. New topics. What you got new for us, Rich? Button didn't work. <laughs> there it is. All right, an appropriate sound for this topic. Demo rides were in town from Harley Davidson, so I went over to my local dealer here on independence boulevard which is of course where i bought my deuce in 07 and my goal for this demo ride was to get on some of harley's baggers so rode victory last year we rode indian last year um just checked out a lot of other bikes throughout the year we've talked about a lot of touring bikes but other than the ultra limited uh, from our buddy dave i hadn't actually been on harley's baggers in a couple of years so i was like well let's let's take a look at uh, these new ones and, and get a feel for them. So wouldn't you know it, John, I go over there and the first one they put me on is the CVO street glide. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> We're going to start at the top. <laughs> oh, and, and what you think of it? Well, it's interesting. So I, I went in there thinking I'm going to like the street glide. I'm not going to like the road glide. And I didn't ride the big ones. Cause like I said, I'd been on the ultra recently. And the CVO to me has always sort of been up on a pedestal. It's a, I mean, it's a $36,000 motorcycle, first of all. So I'm thinking this is going to be great. All the trim, the 110 inch motor, the stereo, this is going to be fantastic. And you know what? They could have left it right there. Yeah. They can leave it right in the box because honestly, it wasn't that good of a ride. I was really disappointed in it. So is the ride like, you know, um, how's it compared to the deuce? Well, oddly enough, it wasn't much different. So. I talked to the guy afterwards and he said, yeah, the rear suspension probably needs to be adjusted. I'm like, okay, I'll kind of give you a pass on that. But it really was not that comfortable in the back. I mean, the way it went over bumps and handled, it really was more like a soft tail in the back because they've got these things, you know, slammed so far down. There's so little travel in the rear. And that wasn't, that was not the case with the Victory Magnum. I will say that when I rode those, they didn't sort of crash down the road like this thing did. And I was, I was just disappointed, you know, motor fantastic. I mean, holy cow, this has got torque for days. 
and it's a gorgeous bike. You know, paint and finish, fit and finish, controls are great. Even the interface I found was nice. Just messing with the the nav screen a little bit. I did use the radio just a tiny bit, but just I don't like having my feet on floorboards. First of all, that kills it right there, and then having my knees be that high just felt cramped. And I don't know if Kevin, you ever been on a street glide or any of the big uh, touring bikes from Harley? Not not from Harley. I have um, I've sat on them. I haven't been able to really get out and, and ride them at all. Um, my my experience is similar similar to yours and. You know, one thing that I was talking to guys a while back when, when we were just generally talking about bikes, they were like, you know, the street glide is for small trips on the street, a road yeah. glide or a road trip. It's how they always said it. And and I never really bought into it because they're such similar bikes, really. Yeah, same chassis at the end of the yeah. day. It, it all comes down to the quality of the suspension, and I think a lot of that's the same. Um, but I've always heard that on the Harleys, they need an extra two inches of suspension because most of them are sitting at three and a half. Yep. And, and that's not a lot when you're really, when you're really at speed and you're riding down the road. So, yep. And that, that rang through loud and clear on this bike. So, I mean, like I said, a gorgeous bike, I would, I would love to have it. I would love to ride it around, but if I'm going to hop on it and go to Barber or like get to Florida or something, uh, it's not going to be any more comfortable than what I have other than I've got a big fairing in the front. So, so did you find, so, so you said you got on the road glide. Yeah, road glide special was next. And how, what you think of that one? So, so you know my take, John. I've, I've gone over this several times. I do not like the snout on this thing. I just don't like the fairing on the road glide. Right. But after having a chance to ride it. Did you change? I, yeah, I think it's actually better. So the, the first thing is it kind of puts everything out in front of you a little bit. So I, I felt all bound up on the street glide like the fairing was close there was so much there and like i said my knees felt high but then on the road glide everything sits out in front of you a little farther had more room and it, it was just more pleasing and it and overall a better package it rode better i thought it it turned better i don't think the front wheel is any any smaller than um what's on the street glide i have to check that it might be a, a tad smaller so that might lead to it being a little sharper in the turns but I was pleased with the road glide, and I got to say, if it's going to be a Harley bagger, it's going to have to go in that direction now, the road glide. Okay. Yeah. So kind of give a little kick to it. How's it compared to the Magnum? Um, the Magnum, I would say it's on par. So it, it felt to me like the Magnum did. Now, it's different because the fairing doesn't move. That takes a minute to get used to. But the motor on this was was butter. I mean, that the new high output 103... Lots of power, really smooth once you get off idle. You know, they, they rock and roll a lot at idle, which you'll see on a video. Yeah, I took some, took my GoPro with me and got a bunch of videos. So, and you're actually going to do that again, John. So when Rico gets back, I'm going to do the voiceover like we did for the Indian demo ride. Right. And, and as you said, Rico's been on these bikes before. So he has. That'd yeah. be a good input for you guys to kind of bounce back and forth. Yeah. And that'll be another YouTube video. And, and also, before I forget, the um, Easy Riders video is now up on YouTube. So we'll have a link to that in our show notes as well. Yeah. So real quick, then we can check with Kevin on uh, his little trip yep. from his uh, latest episode. Uh, the last one you got to ride is the uh, Breakout. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kevin, have you seen this thing, at least in pictures? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good looking bike. Oh, my God. This does... Pictures do this thing no 
justice. I mean, it's not even close. When I when I got up close to it and I could see all the finishes and all the detail in the paint, just breathtaking. And I and I have a soft spot for it anyway because I ride a soft tail and I've always looked at the breakout as the next evolution from the deuce. So it kind of went from deuce to the rocker to the breakout in that family. So getting on this one really was like riding a dream and it being the CBO Pro Street Edition. Fantastic. That's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so are you ready to go trade to Deuce then? I would. Absolutely would. And, and you and I talked about it right after I got off the bikes and I told you, if they told me I could take any bike from the demo fleet that I had ridden that day, it would that one would have come home with me, even at $26,000. It was nice. Yeah, but how was the ride? I mean, it was, it was pretty much like the Deuce, so you didn't have much riding in the back end, right? So it's, you know. Well, probably because it's newer. So it did ride a little nicer. And essentially what is going on with this Pro Street break, Breakout is everything that I would change on the Deuce. It has the inverted forks, so it handles better, doesn't have as much rake, has twin rotors in the front, has a bigger motor, and it's all blacked out. If I was going to like overhaul my Deuce, that's essentially what I would do to it. <laughs> so no need. Just buy this one. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. So so Kevin, if you get out to a demo day, you must ride that one. You know, if you like that that Pro Street look, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we just had actually a new Harley dealership open up in um, Tuscaloosa, a town where I actually grew up at. It's a real small shop. I've been there, and I've been kind of hoping this summer that they have a big grand opening demo event going on since it's a first year to kind of drive some traffic to the store. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they do that, I plan on pretty much uh, Street Glide, Ultra, yep. Breakout. Those are my three. In fact, those are the three I want to ride. Anything else is kind of too small for me. <laughs> I, I wanted to, if I could have got a fourth bike, I kind of ran out of time. You know, weather was closing in, traffic was getting terrible, and I needed to go do uh, kid things. But I also wanted to ride the new Lowrider S, and they did have that there as well. So that one is is the value leader. Kevin, it's like $16,000, plus you get the 110-inch motor. Mm-hmm. That's that's a steal. Yeah, it sounds like a good quality bike for that price, though. Yeah. So, so over, overall, I'm oh, sorry, just say one more thing about the bikes is that if you're in the Charlotte area, um, Harley-Davidson of Charlotte has two of those Pro Street breakouts in stock. Get them while they're hot. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Sweet. Well, I was just going to jump on and say, you know, Pass it over to Kevin because I mean I finished listening to his latest episode from that he posted last night and how he got to take a little spin on a running a bike while he was on vacation. Yeah, for comparison, let's uh, let's hear about your spin on the Chieftain. Yeah, so uh, surprised my trip, surprised my wife with a trip out to Las Vegas, and during that time she was visiting some family, and I took the opportunity to take the uh, uh, go rent an Indian Chieftain out for the day, and I chose the Chieftain over the Harleys mainly because. Everybody else there was getting Harleys, and then I got the Chieftain. And then after I pulled off, the same guys who were riding Harleys earlier, we met up like down the road about 100 miles, and they had gone back in and swapped out to get the Indians, um, which I thought was hilarious because they're all wearing the Harley gear on Indian bikes. It was it was great. <laughs> nice. That, that's funny. Rico would have loved that. I don't really know what drove that decision for them, but they were all on Harleys and getting ready to pull out. I had to get them to move their bikes out of the way. And then I took off, and then I they met back up with me later on. And they're like, hey, yeah, we saw your bike. We, we figured we'd give these a sh- shot since uh, we ride Harleys all the time. So wow, uh, had, a, had a great ride and um, came away with some strong impressions of the bike. 
I, I definitely was was better to take it on a 180 mile ride than the 20 mile ride I had at the demo days last time I rode it a few years ago. Um, yeah, you know the, the bike handles great. I mean, it, it's, being able to flip it from side to side, you know, it it's almost as easy to ride as my Super Tenere is. You know, real 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 lightweight on the road. Yeah, it's surprising how nimble they are for as heavy as they are. I mean, even even Rico's Roadmaster, which is I think it's about 80 or 90 pounds heavier than the Chieftain. Yeah. It's still very nimble for its size and, and surprisingly maneuverable even in like parking lots. They, they have the weight centered on that bike. They I do. was really perfect. Nearly perfect. It, it's amazing. I, I mean, I never felt like I was going to tip it or drop it or anything like that. Um, it might be the bike for Buck too, but, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm gonna get some flack for that because I already wrote an email to him anyway. Anyway, um, but my only, I've got a couple issues. My biggest issue is I'm six foot three, and the floorboards. I don't mind floorboards. I, I, you know, when I first got back into riding again, I was riding in cruiser with floorboards, and I had leg, more leg room on the V-Star 900 than I did on the Indian Chieftain, as far as how close my feet were to me. And I felt like they needed to be, yep. I, if I could adjusted them four inches out, I'd have been a lot happier. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. Like that was the first thing that struck me on that street glide was how do you call this a touring bike? Yeah. I feel like I'm cramped up on a sportster. I didn't understand that. What they're going for on those bikes. And this is from talking to a couple of guys at different demo days at, at Indian and at Yamaha um, when talking about cruisers specifically, is the touring bikes are trying to get you more in, even though you have a feet forward stance, they're trying to get you more in a ergonomic, you're almost like in a chair. So yeah. think about sitting in a chair and just kind of slightly tilting you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, That's kind of what they're doing. So you can make those long miles without having the four lane that puts straight on the back or, or two leaning too far back with your, you know, between your shoulder blades. They went in a neutral position. In my shoulders and arms to the handlebars, it was a little close to me. And so I had a little little pinch right right in the right between my shoulder blades. Okay. If I had another inch or two, I would have been perfect. My feet forward three or four inches, my hands forward one or two inches, perfect positioning. And and I probably could do that with some adjustments that obviously when you're running a bike, they give you the keys and take the leaves. Right, right. Yeah. To do that. Um but and and just as a side note, if you're ever out in Las Vegas Head out to the Valley Fire, go down to um, Hoover Dam that way. Yeah. Make that route. Beautiful route. You only have to pay one toll. If you go the other direction, you have to pay three. And so and it, it, it's just gorgeous. Uh, it was absolutely a great ride. Yeah. That's the way I know Rico went through there and they went out towards Hoover Dam, Valley of Fire, Ring of Fire, something like that. Yeah. And when we first went out there, it was like, hey, let's go to Hoover Dam and then come back to Las Vegas and go over here to like Red Rock or Red River Canyon. And then come back. We're going to make these two little outs. And talking to the, the girl, she's like, your time's better spent doing this. While this is a great ride, you're going to enjoy this more because it's a longer stretch, one direction, two lane. You know, once you get off the interstate, you're on two lane till you hit pretty much yeah. Bolton City or something like that. So, nice. I mean, it was great. And and we just, I just ate up the miles, man. Good stuff. Yeah. And I think the, the other thing I came away with after my demo rides and maybe because of your height, you might feel the same way. If I get a road glide, it will definitely have ape hangers on it. I am really starting to dig my arms being up at shoulder height for for having a big bagger because they have several in the in the showroom um, over where I did, did the demo ride, and 
it just feels right, you know, to sit up like that, have your arms up in the air. All I got to do is rip off those godforsaken floorboards and put on some proper pegs, <laughs> and I'm going to be cruising. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't know if I'm. I've never really ridden a bike with ape hangers, but anytime I've sat on one with one, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. But with with my size, it, it's you know, bikes aren't aren't meant for that. They're meant for the average five foot eleven guy, right? Yeah. That's not. And so when I get on bikes, there's always something like, okay, if I could just muscle these things out a couple inches or, 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 you know, adjust things. Um, that's one reason why I got the Tenere that when I did, it was because you can move your seat up and down and, and adjust that. And oh, nice. there's different kind of tools and kits that I plan on getting to, to fine tune things. Now that I'm starting to figure out, okay, I ride for this long, I start getting a pain here and yep. it becomes X. Yep. How do I solve X? So I'm, I'm getting into that point of modification. Yeah, the bars thing, I I did get a chance to ride them once. So about almost a year ago now, when I did the Victory demo ride. One of the Magnums did have the Apes on it. And it was it was surprisingly comfortable. And it, it does take a little getting used to because obviously your hands are much higher up in the air, but it, it's all the same, right? The, the amount of turn is all the same, just that your hands are higher in the air. And my only complaint on the one that I test rode is the bars were just a tick too high for me because my hands got a little tingly yeah so i think if they were maybe two inches lower than what they were would have been perfect because the on the street glide in particular when you get the bars that high then your mirrors are under your hands and that is it's just a, a cool look and it was neat to be sitting there like that have nothing above your hands like completely clean and then you just look down and your mirrors are right there it's really cool you know i found on just riding different bikes and well, not really ape hangers, but other other types of things. So I'm just sitting on them for a while because I'll go and just put my hands up on something that sits there for ten minutes and, and kind of feel it and rock back and forth and, and 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 picture myself riding a bike, especially when I was shopping. Right. If the handlebars were above my heart, I got I think a little uncomfortable, okay. and it was usually because I felt like I was either rolling my shoulder forward or rolling my shoulders back a little bit for that reach. And it's because my, my body wasn't positioned equal to the handlebars. Um, but when I really felt more comfortable when my hands are, are at my, right at my heart level, you know. Um, and I don't know if that's because, you know, the blood can get out to your hands and back with the lowest amount of resistance. You don't, you're not fighting gravity anyway. And, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of other guys and they're just like, yeah, that really helps with the tingling, not, not having your hands too low or too high. Yeah, there's kind of a sweet spot there, right? I've obviously found the upper part for me where it was too high. And I've, I don't know if I've ever had any trouble with my, my arms being too low, but I, I've been uncomfortable where my, you know, my arms have been too low, you know, from a bar position. Like, uh, you ever ride like an old sportster that has like the buckhorn handlebars on it? No. That is, if you, <laughs> that is not for me. And I think that, well, Matthew, Matthew Williams was on our show again. Um, he has sort of a, it's not quite a buckhorn, but it's it's in that getting in that family, and he has that on his um, intruder. Help, help me, John. Intruder, yes. So when you buy your breakout or your Magnum and you put your um, handlebars on them and come down to Barber, I'll I'll take it for a spin and let you know what I think. Absolutely, yeah. A little bike swap. <laughs> that won't be happening anytime soon. That that <laughs> that deuce isn't leaving the shop anytime. Well, it, it, we still got to see the Guzzi. We got to see the Flying Fortress yet. Yeah, that that's going to be an interesting bike. I think you're going to, I'm not going to buy anything until I get it right on that thing. And don't forget about the Modus. And the Modus, because I live in Birmingham, I'd buy the Modus. Um, or live around Birmingham, I'd buy the Modus. It's a, it's a nice bike. I've seen a couple of them around here. And um, 
I'm really big into the dealing network. You have to have your dealing network really established around where I'm going to be for me to buy from you. Well, I think Modus is a pretty good fit then. Being yeah. in your backyard. <laughs> yes. If they go out of bit, I mean, they'd have to literally go out of business for me tonight. Yeah. Service. Yeah. You can just ride it down to the factory and be like, Hey, a little tune up. And there was a guy who, um, who came in there this year. We were down a barber. He came in and I don't know, had a tire fixed or something, but it was, they were doing it right there while the open house was going on. No, that was a problem with Rich. That was an issue with one of the demo bikes. Oh, that was a demo bike. Right, right. That was out. And they took it out and they got a nail in the back during demo. They noticed it and brought it in a shop that night and swapped out the tire. So it was pretty neat seeing them just sit there and work on it. But wasn't the other one a customer bike? I thought one of the guys we were talking to was having his bike worked on. I don't think so. Not repaired, just maintenance. I don't think so. Well, I've driven by him several times and have seen bikes outside with the seat off running. (laughs) <laughs> that that I, I have I have on multiple occasions been like I wonder how far I could get. <laughs> Not that I'm mm. you know, saying that's a good idea for anybody to do. Yeah. Yeah, Rico's I got a picture of Rico sitting on the, the supercharged version when we were down there. And yeah, uh, I'm sitting off front and so he just cool. jumped on it. So cool. So Rich, since you took a ride over to the demo rides, did you uh happen to get on your bike and and, and try out the new uh toy that you got shipped to yeah let's let's get into our other topic here so as you know we've talked about the the senna 20s that i have and john has as well which is interesting because he has a car but (laughs) he's going to communicate with us for our road trips and now we're going to join us in may for the the vloggers ride and of course barber again in the fall and i don't know i'm really struggling with this because it's kind of a philosophical thing i mean i've we've talked before i just it's me and the bike i really don't need anything else i don't want or need anything else when i'm doing that so i think that's my first hurdle with any of this stuff is just putting hooking it up to the helmet getting everything working get the plumbing in there get the bluetooth yada 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 right yeah it took you a little time huh and And i just you're texting me and you're and having a few choice words with me I think mentally I'm just having trouble going through the motions because I just have sort of no need for it, right? So that, that, that's my biggest challenge is just getting over, okay, yes, it'll be nice to have some communications, you know, to two-way with Rico and John and everybody we ride with. Aaron, you know, has a, a Scala rider. So I can see that, but I, I don't know. I tried the music today and it was terrible, honestly. It was just terrible. Oh, it was? So... I so know. I got some tips for you about the music. Cause when I first got the music put in mind, please the, help me. <laughs> I was just like, I can barely hear this. Now at the time I'm riding a, a V star 900 with fans and hind pipes on them. Right. Um, so it's a really loud bike and I, I couldn't hear squat on the speakers, making sure those speakers are, or the dead center of those speakers are going right where your ear canal is, is extremely important. I've even got the pads in there. Like it comes with different yeah. pads that you put under the ear cup so it gets them closer to your ear. I've got, I don't know, there's a quarter inch one and there's like an eighth inch one. I've got the thick one on it. I'm not talking about like away from your ear. I'm talking about the up, down, left, right positioning to make sure it is going right into your ear. Okay. Like I could actually, when I was putting mine on, I actually like snuck my finger up and was able to kind of wiggle it up and down with the music playing and my earphones in, my, my um, earplugs in. And so I actually, okay, now I can hear it better. And then I would kind of move my fingers around, squished up in between the pads of my helmet and, and kind of make sure it kind of patted it down. Oh, I gotcha. And ever since I've done that, 
I've had a lot better luck out of it because I wasn't impressed either when I first got it. But can you can you get any any base out of these things? Because no, they're 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 notorious for being kind of tinny. Um, they do sell. Somebody sells for the old Cena models. I don't know if it's for the twenty twenty S. They they sold different um, speakers. And the great thing about the twenty S is you can replace their speakers with earbuds, which I know a lot of people do. Yeah, I'm almost thinking that I might get a nice set of um, like molded earbuds, you know, that that fit and seal off everything. Well, let me give you a, a another note about that because I I had where I, I used to com, uh, do competition shooting and I had a nice expensive set of molded earbuds. Yeah, I got more noise from those than the little foam cheap things I can get at CVS, mm. just because as I'm riding and I'm jiggling up and down as they move, yeah. Yeah, they they slight ever so slightly move, and I was, it was just it was louder. And then I put in the little foam things that cost me two cents, and I had a better ride. And so I I hmm. switched back to just using those when I shoot. All right. Well, yeah, I, I got to try something because well, John, I told you my mistake. I we, I did a test ride the other day, and I called John, and he could hear me fine until I hit about sixty miles an hour, and then he's like, "There's so much wind noise, I can't hear you anymore." And I realized I never put the the baffle over the microphone, <laughs> the little foam baffle. <laughs> I actually, and see, I had, even with that, I had the same problem. Um, oh, do you? I, I have mine on my helmet, the, the unit mounted to the helmet. And I didn't do like you did. You put the actual sticky mount on it, right? No, no, I just clamped it in. Okay. Cause I was looking at the helmet picture and it looked like you had the little sticky thing on it. Um, well that was GoPro surgery. Cause that's I, where I used to mount my camera. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I guess they are paid for that. So I don't know. Um, but yeah. the, the mic on mine, I think I need another windscreen, wind buff thing on top of the microphone. And I think I need to move the whole unit forward about an inch to get it to where it is right in front of my mouth instead of kind of off to the side like it is now. Yeah, and I've still got the challenge with my windshield is creating, you know, terrible buffeting as as you and Larry talked about in your last show. I'm experiencing that and I'm I'm about to throw that windshield in the in the woods next time I go ride. <laughs> Oh, really? That bad, huh, Rich? You know, honestly, I've been aggravated lately because I spent 500 damn dollars from Harley on this windshield, and it sucks, right? And the same thing, get get this high-end Senna that's supposed to be the best thing since sliced bread, and it sucks. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> what am well, I doing? I'm seeing a pattern. <laughs> I would have stopped spending money. A <laughs> little, little um, work with the Senna ass. I think maybe here in May, Matthew be there, because, I mean, I know he rides in. Yeah. Every day with his Senna, using it, listening to podcasts and music on his ride-in, you know, so maybe he can give you some tips um, on what to do. I know with it in the car, you know, I have the regular speakers, and, and just as Kevin said, I um, yeah put regular Apple Bluetooth, no, Apple's um, buds in the plug to use it because I couldn't hear him loud enough in the car for what he was saying, but as soon as I popped those things in, I mean, it was it was great. And that wasn't turned up all the way. So, so I mean, I maybe that's time. the yeah. maybe that's the option you got to do, you know. And I fully admit some of it is probably me. Like I said, because I'm I'm sure subconsciously I'm resisting it because I don't agree with it to begin with. So I think that's probably part of it. Turn it on. Don't play any music. Just ride around with it. Just make sure the unit is on. And if you get a phone call, take the phone call. And then to just do that. If the music thing's not for for you, yeah, because I. But knowing this topic was coming up, um, I kind of did a, because I'm a, I always music. Before I usually get on the mic, I've got the music playing. <laughs> you're 
you're bumping the tunes before you hit the throttle. <laughs> I've got my like Rico. I got a riding playset, and it's, it's playing, <laughs> you know. And so I, I, I go to a couple songs that I want first, and here we go, you know. And um, so what I did to kind of prepare is okay. Let me take it from the other side. Let me just turn it on, phone call only, and just go riding. Okay. And I agree with you. It it's it's a different type of riding. It's a different type of experience. But after about ninety minutes to two hours, I'm ready for something else. And the same thing happened uh, this past summer. I, I, I took a 220 mile trip that was six hours because it was all back roads. And after about an hour and a half to two hours, I was kind of like, okay, I need to lighten <laughs> things up a little bit. Yeah. Now I totally see the value on a, on a group ride. I totally get it because there's nothing more frustrating than you're out with, you know, four five, six other bikes and you need to make a stop or you need to make a change or something happens. It's just nice to everyone can communicate real quickly and, and you don't get scattered and it just kind of saves maybe a bad situation from becoming worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's the funny part is I've never used it as a group ride utility uh, just because of the groups that it, when I have ridden in them, right? there's usually like, we're, we're a very diverse group. So it's kind of a bunch of ragtag guys come together and it's, we're riding to here. We'll yeah. wait for at the corner and everybody's really spread out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the primary goal was obviously for Barber. You know, we've got people coming from Eastern Carolina, meeting up in Charlotte, moving on down to South Carolina, picking up more, you know, heading on to Birmingham. So it's kind of, we sort of strategically got the same gear and made sure like, okay, Aaron's is compatible with this. And we know that at the time Rico had a chatterbox that was compatible. He's since bought the 20S as well. So we, we kind of purposely got the gear aligned just so we could have our crew at least have our crew with with compatible gear. It doesn't be the same thing, but at least they can all talk together. That was the idea. On, on that barber trip, I'm going to have to drive up towards you guys just so I can ride with you a little bit. <laughs> I'll have to backtrack a little bit just to get to Barber that day. You should meet us up in uh, Tennessee or Kentucky, John? Do one. When what, we come through the mountains, what, what's the last state we hit before Alabama? Well, it's Georgia. Yeah, Georgia usually. Yeah, no, but did we touch Georgia, Tennessee probably. or Kentucky? Uh, we touched Tennessee last year. Okay. We're not going to hit that this way, this time. When you do your route, hit me up and uh, let me give a little heads up because I might, I might be able to put that out on some of the local guys that live up in that area um, and see if they've got any roads that are like must-through roads that are hidden gems. Yeah. John's the planner, so talk to him. I just, the day of the ride, I'll just show up with my bag. <laughs> I'll That's be ready to go. I really cut you out of that conversation. I was just like, hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can just leave him out. That's You've what heard you did the story. Last. Yeah, that's what happened last year. It was like, okay, we can do this, this, or this. And he's like, I don't care. Just, we're going. I'm like, tell me what time we're leaving and which way to point the bars. That was a fun ride, other than we took like two hours at lunchtime. Too funny. All right, well, let's let's put a slightly different spin on this. So, and th- this is partly why we brought Kevin in as well. So, I'm I'm sort of old school, I guess. Maybe you would say, I'm, again, it's just me and the bike, and I... Honestly, I really don't like riding with a full face helmet. I mean, I know it's it's a safer thing to do, but the most comfortable ride for me is when the weather is right and I just have on, you know, my jacket, my regular gloves, riding pants, my half helmet, obviously no windshields, no flip flops, shorts, tank <laughs> no. top, and just, you know, get out and, and do a nice long ride, you know, easy side roads, you know, maybe 60 or less in terms of speed. That's kind of what I like to do. So you know, that, that's my take, you know, not so much on the tech. And I know Kevin, like you said, you, you like to get the music fired up and, 
and things like that. I and mean, we're both tech guys. At the end of the day, I consider myself a geek and I work in technology, but on the bike, I just, I just don't have a need for it. So leave me out of that, huh? Thanks. So yeah, <laughs> not by design, John. Leave me out of the tech talk there. Say I'm not no now, tech. Now see if you, if you get your, throw your leg over a bike, then, you know, it'll be like, Hey, you know, and John, but. I was just thinking the same thing. He left because you're not riding a bike. I mean, that's just. Until then, until then. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> get working on it. Well, give me start paying me some money. Maybe I start making my second income and I can start affording one. All right, done. I'll, I'll double it. Double your salary right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I love my show appearance fee I'm getting. This is this is wonderful. I'm going to be able to do a lot with it. Yeah, it's going to go far. Yeah. All right, so talk to me, Kevin. Let's let's get into, I, I guess I've called it technology making its way into helmets. I originally was going to call it like smart helmets or or helmet tech. It's not really helmet tech because to me that's more like the construction, the design. This is more like gadgets in the helmet. So this is, you know, heads up heads up display things, things being integrated into the helmet, be it cameras, speakers, uh, you know, what have you, any type of smart system. So we kind of corralled a few of these and I thought we would, you know, we've we've kind of talked about it philosophically. We don't really need to hammer that point again, but you know, let, let's start with the Scully. Because from my research, this is kind of the one that's that's really kicked this off. You know, unless there was one prior to that, I apologize. But um, the Scully to me seems to be, I guess that what they're calling is augmented reality. That's sort of their marketing term. They've got a 180 degree camera on the back. They've got display for nav, music, um, obviously speakers in it, things like that. So, uh, what, what's your take on on this kind of helmet, Kevin? Is this is this something that improves the ride for you or I sort of see this as a solution looking for a problem. So where where do you land on this kind of helmet? I think that and when you look at safety on a motorcycle, right, we all know that there's inherent risks. And I think a lot of these guys in these helmets are made by people who have ridden or or do ride and they're they're tired of this guy was behind me, I couldn't see him, or he came up yeah. on me really fast, I couldn't tell him my mirrors. Um, and, and X happened. And if I would have just been able to recognize that I could have, I could have done something to maybe prevent it or made it less at least. Yeah. Yeah. Brace or or something, get out of the way. Who knows? And and that's what I see the Scully specifically as because it's got the, the 180 blind spot. So you can see everything going on from your left ear to your right ear and behind you. Um, and they're using the augmented reality thing, which is just pretty much a little viewport that you kind of glance at and, and, and see. Marketing speak for a display. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's laying things, laying content over top of your actual vision. Right. So that that that's what augmented is. We, we're we're adding additional information to what you see with your your two natural born eyes. Yeah, and that's I totally get that from a safety aspect. I do like some of that. Even one we'll talk about in a minute from Cranium, which is just a prototype. They've got a little wider view on the back. And they're taking it a step further with sort of, I guess what I'd call like rear collision detection. You know, a car gets within a certain distance, kind of gives you some visual clues, and then it gets even closer, gives you a brighter visual clue and some sound. So like you said, someone, if you're about to get hit from behind, you can maybe change your course or at least prepare for it. You know, say a prayer, whatever you need to do, but at least you kind of know it's coming. I personally don't think the camera is the right utility here. Right. I think the sensors, like the blind spot sensors, just an indicator in my peripheral 
that lets me know somebody is there. Yeah, I like that. I've um, I've experienced that in a few cars, mainly the Audi uh, A6 I had recently, and it was just nice knowing at a glance, you know, no picture. I don't take my eyes off the road, but just an ever so slight light on the mirror, just to let me know someone's in that in that zone. So yeah, I like that. The, the camera isn't unnecessary to me. Yeah, and in the, the rear view mode, I, I think it's completely unnecessary. Um, but I like the fact that people are trying to evolve what helmet safety is and what motorcycle safety is yep. for a long time. I mean, years and years, it was the safest you could get is put on a helmet. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else we can offer you. And now here's helmet, helmet padded gear and in and, and a prayer. Good luck. That's it. Now we're doing something to where now motorcycles could be more proactive about their safety instead of um, reactive, which is what I feel like a helmet is. I mean, it's proactive, but it's you're reacting to the potential of something happening. Whereas this is I'm doing something to where I can be more situationally aware of my surroundings at all times. Agree. Yep. Yeah. And I think the Scully platform, I guess, because they're they're going to obviously keep enhancing this over time is is interesting and as i understand you can get these now according to their website for about 1500 bucks and you know on the surface that sounds like a lot of money but you know a a custom molded uh bell helmet will cost you a grand yeah and there's no electronics in that that i'm aware of (laughs) yeah one thing i haven't really seen of this is a how it rates and and crashes yes i mean the the dot thing is is not really impressive to me um I want to see. I want to see one like, hey, this is what happened when the helmet was hit with X Force doing this X and you know Y Z, especially with the big fin in the back that they've got. Yeah, and the extra weight too. Let's not forget that. Yeah, the weight, the ventilation inside of it, and the noise. Yeah, um, you know, I, I want to know those characteristics before I go spend fifteen hundred dollars on something that I could probably mock up on my bike anyway for a hundred and fifty. Yeah, and now some of the other stuff that. Um, I, I don't like, you know, I'll talk about the, the BMW prototype for a second. The thing that kind of spurred my comment about, you know, a solution looking for a problem was the media pictures for the BMW heads up display where they had sort of the augmented reality picture where there was a construction area ahead. There's a clear sign on the road that you can see <laughs> that says road work. And then the augmented reality just has a little sign that says road work. I mean, if that's the kind of value you're adding, no thanks. It's like, you know, I don't need a display to tell me there's road construction. There's a 10-foot sign in front of me that's telling me that. I mean, to me, in that picture, the speed limit and whatever the three is over to the right of it, which I guess is a gear indicator. I believe so, yep. Those two are much more important than all that other stuff because obviously I could see there's a road, you know. It's like, hey, I'm going to use my app to see what it's doing outside right now. Look at the window. Yeah, Yep, and the the Tesla system, the Tesla Model S does something like that. It picks up road signs for speed, and and it'll tell you, or if you use an autopilot, it'll adjust the speed uh, accordingly. So that part I like. If it can pick up, you know, a temporary road sign, now the speed has been reduced to twenty or thirty or what have you. Yeah, you know that's that's good information. I mean, you know, speeds change all the time. I mean, you know what it's like riding around. It's forty five. It's thirty five. It's twenty. Then it's back to forty and. You know, some of that is is good information, but I, I just didn't like that construction sign that kind of aggravated me. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a silly. It's, I, I get what they're trying to do there, and they're trying to show how non intrusive it is. Yeah, uh, but I think the example is poor. To me, a better example is 
show me what direction the GPS is telling me to go. Tell me there's an accident up and I need to reroute on the next exit and that the, the directions have not changed. Yeah. And this should be crowd crowdsourced data too. Like if, if yeah. a rider goes through, okay, here's construction that should feed back into the system. So the next guy knows, well, maybe I don't want to go this way because they're doing road work. But you, you don't even have to really depend on the other riders to have a connection. I mean, you're, you use things, um, ways and, and yeah. different kind of programs like that, that you can hook into their APIs to, Exactly. Little little tech talk for everybody. Yeah, anybody on the road, right. It's all crowdsourced data. Pretty much anyone riding around with a phone can be feeding into the system. So that stuff is good. That would be interesting. But now the helmet's got to be connected. Yeah. You know, now it's it's even heavier. You need a radio, cell radio, you need a battery. Well, no, because you've already already got that in there because it's talking to the bike, it's talking to your phone, especially for the speedometer thing. I mean, that's not using any probably tech inside the helmet itself. All oh, right. Yeah, it's probably the tethered. Yep. Yeah, the Wi-Fi to your phone is probably what all, yep. all that is going to, or the Bluetooth, whatever technology they decide to use. Now, the one my takeaway from the the BMW uh, prototype is that if you have a BMW motorcycle, now it seems to make more sense because it had, you know, that augmented reality display could give you things about the bike. You know, maybe you want to change your suspension setting or the engine mapping or traction control or whatever. That seems like a nice tie-in. You know, you've got the BMW motorcycle, which is full of more tech than you can shake a stick at, but, you know, now you've got a helmet that brings all that to the screen. So, yeah, I see that as a value. Obviously, you're not going to sell that to anyone who's riding a non-BMW bike, but it's definitely a value add if you've got that type of motorcycle. Well, I got to tell you, my biggest beef with the BMW is the, I'm only going to show this over your right eye, and you're going to have different type of i mean if you don't have perfect vision you're going to get a distortion looking through that lens and then through the front screen of your helmet yeah a lot of people get it with the um what is it uh the lock the the pin lock system on helmets we have the two visors a lot of people can't do that because they don't have really good vision and even when it's corrected with contacts they see a wobble when they're riding and, and they can't do it, 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 it you know, yeah. it almost makes them sick. Why not just take that over both eyes and lower how much you're projecting and you make use of more of the real estate? I don't get why they just said, we're just going to put it over the right eye. I mean, you look like a, the airwolf dude in the old helicopter and that thing. Well, you might that like... That was a good TV show. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a great show. Since you're sitting there talking about that, I mean, if you continue moving on with our little things, the Samsung... Windshield's pretty cool. Oh, wait, before you go there. So the cranium then, Kevin, might be more your speed because that one does use uh, two screens. Now, it can be independent information, but they are using dual projection on the cranium. I don't know if you looked at that one. Yeah, but they're, 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 they're two screens. They're lower. I, I like the fact that instead of being right in front of you, I like the BMW, they're lower and you have to actually look down at them. Yep. But you still, I think, have this, this edge in your, your line of sight. Whereas if you had something, I mean, look at, look at all this, the, the helmets that have internal shields in them, right? Um, tinted shields and stuff. You just hit a button and mine does, you know, yep, flip down. down. And, and I mean, I can barely tell there's an edge at the bottom of that thing, but I can see through it just fine. And the way it's, it's curved, it matches everything. And I, I don't have any kind of um, Doppler effects or anything like that going on with the, the, the reflecting of the, the, the light coming in. That to me is the mechanism that needs to be used for this. 
instead of something that flips over to over one eye or two little panels underneath it. Um, that's the answer I would be looking for is it's either always there or it's always not. And I can take it away. You know, there's times where I want everything out in front of my eyes and I want to take my visor up and feel the wind in my face. I don't see yep. that happening on some of these, some of these different types. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, as John was starting to say, the, the alternative that you guys talked about on your last episode was the smart windshield from Samsung. So take it out of the helmet altogether and put it on the bike. Yeah, that was an interesting um, take. And, and the fact that it came from Samsung and not uh, a motorcycle, as we know, a motorcycle manufacturer or a motorcycle yep. equipment company. Yep. Um, I think this is something that they're, you know, they've got it on a little three-wheeled. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that thing is. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah it's, it's a little three-wheel scooter. And it's, it's, it's one of those that leaned, you know, left and right. And like I said, we actually have one for sale, not five miles from my house. Get out. Yeah, and so I, I really want I really want to go talk to the guy, but I don't think I'd get good stuff because obviously he's selling it. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean it, it's an interesting concept, and it pairs with your your phone, and pairs uh, potentially with the bike, and just shows you information. And it's sitting above your display, so above your if you're especially if you're on an adventure bike or or something like that, it's sitting above all your gauges and instruments but out of your line of sight. So it's kind of between there to where you can barely glance down and get a, a feed of it. Yeah. Of course, their example is, is incoming call. Oh, no, don't call me. <laughs> what I did like about the technology that they're putting into it is you get, you have a text message, no option to read it. You have an email, no hmm. option to read it. You can actually have phone calls be auto-fed back a message that says, I'm on the road. I'll call you back later without you doing anything. Well, and that, that kind of begs the question. Why do you need to know that you got a message anyway? If you're not going to read it, you're not going to do anything with it. Well, but if you're expecting a message, like, I mean, there's been times where, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm riding to the beach. I'm expecting somebody to text me the address of where I'm actually going. Right. But I'm saying if the system, you know, the system's not going to tell you what that is. Right. But it tells me that I've got it. You've got can, something. Yeah. I can actually pull over and put it in. Well, and hopefully it says who, right? <laughs> it could be anything. And, and, you know, I didn't, obviously the little mock-up screenshot didn't really get into it. Um, yeah. And, and you know, the Larry kind of made a comment that it was awfully bright. And we're kind of hoping that's from, because he said, it, it, you know, you can see it reflecting off the bottom of the windscreen. You know, we don't want that either. So, obviously, I'm hoping that's just from the, the lighting needed to get the good photo. Yeah. And this, this is also a prototype, right? This is not a, on the market yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a prototype from what I remember reading. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it says right here, prototype. Huh. Yeah, I, I almost like that better. And I, I, I got to take a half step back to the Harley ride. Um, as you know, I think Harley, well, I don't want to say I think, they, they do have better infotainment on the bikes than Indian does because Indian basically just has the radio yes. integration and I don't know. Does it, it doesn't even display turn by turn, right? If you're doing nav, the Chieftain is is pretty much a red and black screen, and yeah. it should tell me the radio, the volume level, um, what's playing, who's calling, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the what's playing. It's it's really small. Um, I, uh, what gear you're in, which was bigger than anything. Um, <laughs> so I, I would I I totally get my hand hands uh, my hat off to Harley for their their infotainment. What they provide, the integrated GPS that some of the bikes have. Yeah, so that is Indian is lacking in that, and I said that on 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 the show several times that Indian needs to step up their 
they've got the hardware for the motorcycle. They need to step up the technology on the bikes in their next iteration. Yeah, because I almost like that better. I mean, I would almost rather if I'm if I'm going to do a touring bike, I would almost rather just have that stuff in the bike. You know, let let's let's tie it to the phone, right? Let's yeah. utilize what the phone's good for. It's got an always-on internet connection. It's got GPS. You know, it's etc. But you know, let's put the rest of the stuff in the bike. So I just plug the phone in, stick it in a little compartment, and now let's do the the GPS and even almost like a version of like Apple's CarPlay or Android um, Auto or whatever they they call that one. But but you know what I mean, right? The Android version of of the second screen, and let's just put that nicely in the bike you know harley's done a great job of it the screen looks nice it's it's a responsive system i didn't use it for navigation but i did fiddle with the menus and kind of played with it a bit and it's it's non-intrusive honestly it just kind of sits there that's not really in your your line of sight if you look down you can see it clearly but i thought they did a great job of that even though you know even someone who doesn't really want that kind of stuff i thought they did a great job yeah i I really think uh, like especially the samsung thing is you know, after the show, we we, we talked about it on our, our our show last night. And uh, for anybody that wants to go listen to to that conversation, uh, throttlepodcast.com, episode twenty one. A little bit different since the take of it from the guy that I was discussing it with. Um, but I think things like that are going to be dead in the water in five years anyway. I think everybody's going to be integrated as we become more of a yeah. Internet of Things society is going to further make their way into the bikes, which is really all we're talking about is is taking all these things we have everybody else everywhere else and somebody saying, you know what'd be cool? And they had the money to make it happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Someone said, Hey, watch this, and then they had enough money to to show it off. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I think I mean it started with the touring. It started with the old radios that everybody put on their helmets to talk to their passengers and stuff like that on the gold wings. Yeah. And then we exploded with cameras and GoPros. And now it's, it's okay, what can we do to combine where I don't have to buy this $500 helmet and I don't have to buy this $400 camera? Yeah. You know, what can we do? You know, and I'm actually probably the perfect customer th- for this, if you think about it, because I'm due for a new helmet. My, my modular full face is about eight years old. So that, Probably should be replaced. You're three years over, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, and I use it occasionally. It's not my primary helmet, but but yes, in, in just age-wise, that it should be replaced. So I'm due for a new helmet. I have a GoPro, several of them. I don't have any of the, the latest ones, but you know, I have those. Now I have the Senna. So you know, I'm I'm not a bad customer to try and put all these into a nice new helmet if it all works. You know, and it's like you said, it's reliable. It's still crash worthy. All that stuff, and it's not ten thousand dollars either. Yeah, the only downside to all that, Rich, if you put it all in a helmet, is if the technology piece dies, then you got to go buy a whole new helmet. Exactly. I mean, like Kevin says, as you know, you're a developer um, by day, so having separate modular components that can each be tweaked and upgraded on their own is sometimes better than having it all built into one module. Yeah, I mean, some people want the I don't want to deal with it. Just give me a working solution that's all inclusive and, and let me get out the door. And they're happy with it. Other other people like like us who are, are more of a we 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 design and build things so that they could be removed and replaced with better units later. And you know, I will probably always be a augmenter of what I have as a base. Right. Um, it's just what I do. And 
a lot of companies are seem to start that way, seem to be one because they build all these little gadgets and then now they have a helmet. Yeah. Now they have a helmet. You know, I mean, you look at, hey, we have our Bluetooth technology, which is sounds better than everybody else. It records voice better than everything else. It records everything better. And Except you music. can. I said recording. I said recording. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and conversations and stuff. I mean, I've had people when I'm on the bike tell me, you're on a bike? I mean, they don't know. I'm going slow speeds, but they don't know I'm on a bike. I've talked to somebody else on a bike. And actually, the um, uh, who was it? Uh, not Pace. Guys in Florida and San Diego. Oh, uh, Cafe Racer. Cafe Racers. Their last podcast he was on a bike the entire time talking over his 20s. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, it sounds like he's on a cell phone. That's what it sounds like. He's on a cell phone and you get a little bit of motorcycle throttle every once in a while. Wasn't that bad. So, I mean, that's not bad. Then you take the fact that like, you know, hey, Cena, you have a GoPro. Here's a, a component that lets you record your audio and shove it into the GoPro sound. Oh, I got to get that. You know, I, I sent that link to John. As soon as he bought the 20S, I found the, this uh, Bluetooth pack for the GoPro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm totally buying that. So I was like, okay, there's another $100. So now I get the audio from the 20S into the GoPro. Done. But you hate the 20S, so... Yeah, I don't know what... Be careful on what GoPro that's a co- compatible with and what 20, and what Cena product that's compatible with. Uh, for some reason, there's something popping up in my brain saying that there's an issue there because I, I looked at doing it. Yeah, because I originally instead of getting into podcasting, I was going to go motovlogging, and so I was looking at all this stuff for that. I got the Cena. Now I want to get a GoPro, and I need to make them talk without having all these mics and having to do the whole clapping one two three to sync sound and uh, video. Yeah. So um, I was looking at that for that. If you want to get into the the motovlogging, like I said, uh, you know Matthew Williams that we had on last episode thirty or forty, that's what he does. If you go out to his YouTube channel. There's yeah. a YouTube channel and all his stuff. He has um, a Sona 20S. He has a GoPro. What he has done is he has a uh, lapel mic inside of his helmet that connects directly into the GoPro. Yeah. And that's yeah. how he does it. A lot of people do that. Um, the, the only problem with the GoPro is usually just, you know, how you got to cut on this and open this port up and, and XYZ. And if it, you know, this is sticking out in the wind. And my main thing, the reason I haven't done it is because it's, it's very obvious there's this big hunking camera hanging off the side of my. Yeah. Unless you get the session, which is smaller. And yeah. And I told John, I said, I mean, we bought the, the 20 S two pack, so it was a good value. And I was just telling him, I probably would have bought the, I think it's the 10 C the one that has the camera built in. Cause then I wouldn't need the GoPro. So there's the prism that has the camera and then there's, what is it? The 10 C. Yeah. 10 C is like, it's like the 20 S, but with a camera. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. The, you know, but those work on a gimbal, right? You have a little gimbal because every time I've, I've, I haven't seen a good video with those guys yet, those things yet. They're, they're always kind of skewed. Mm-hmm. They don't have have it quite. And and that comes to similar to the Harley Indian conversation, GoPro versus Cena when it comes to the video cameras. GoPro has been at it a lot more and has a lot better technology as far as setting up the shot and being able to know what you're looking at without putting it on the helmet, go off a ride, make sure that's right, adjusting it, doing it again, adjusting it. You know, GoPro, you can do it as you're just sitting on the bike to kind of fiddle with it, and you get a preview on your phone of what that camera's seeing. Yeah, um, absolutely. That yeah. That is the nicest thing. It does it does schwack your battery pretty good, but <laughs> when you've got, 
so imagine the drain on my phone nowadays. I've got it paired to the GoPro for the preview. I've got Eat Sleep Ride running to record. And I'm also now paired paired to the Senna for Bluetooth. So yeah, I'm going to need to carry a hot battery pack with my phone at all times. I, I plug my phone in almost every time I get on the bike. I mean, I've got a Samsung and it, it eats battery anyway. I mean, I, I cannot use this thing and it'll be dead by the time five o'clock rolls around. Yeah. But I, I get on the bike, I plug it in. I mean, it, it's, I try not to ride in the rain where it's not an issue. I'll have to get a port. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a power port on the uh-huh. deuce. So, so talking about that, that's one thing about, um, uh, last year I bought the, a knockoff SJ 4000. You know, that's the one that competes with, um, GoPro and it has a little LCD screen on the back. So don't even have to connect it to the phone. It just, there's your screen right there in the back. The only problem I've seen with it is the audio recording. The pickup of audio is not the best. And that's one of the downsides. Yeah. It's really hard to see that screen when it's on your helmet and your helmet's on your head. Well, well, yeah, in John's case, it was good in, in the car. But yeah, on a, on a bike, unless you've got it mounted on your handlebars, it's it's not that great. But I, I did use it at Barber. I actually ended up using John's camera because both of my batteries were exhausted for the day. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed John's, put it on my handlebars, and I could see the back of the screen clearly. It was pretty nice, even in the sun. So they did a good job of that. Yeah, it's just the audio piece. You can't plug anything in it audio-wise. Uh, that's the only bad side behind it. No external mic, yeah. That's yeah. And that's the, the next video, John, when I get off my butt. I gonna I want to do the Barber on track video and get that okay. up on YouTube as yeah. well. And, and real quick to share some information while we you guys have been talking, the uh in the Samsung window screen, they're using a uh Yamaha Tri City, a three wheel leaning scooter. Unfortunately it is only in uh Europe and Thailand in Asia is the only place where they have it currently. And it's uh it's called a Tri City? That's yeah, the, the Tri City. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a two hundred and fifty CC. <laughs> it looks looks wild though, with the two wheels in the front. Excuse me, it's one hundred twenty five with a CVT transmission. Oh, pass. And it's designed to sell primarily in Thailand. All right, cool. Just thought I'd share that. Yep. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, man. So yeah, let's just let's kind of sum up the the helmet tech here. I guess overall, I guess if I had to put my logical hat on, I can see it. You know, I can see some value with some of this stuff. Like you said, some people just want the package. It's almost like it's almost like buying an Apple product, right? You're more buying a solution, not necessarily a single product. So it's like, I want an augmented reality, whatever, safe helmet. So just give me one that has everything. You know, I don't want to find the right helmet, attach my 20S and my GoPro and all this other stuff. Like, just give me it all in one package. So I can see some value there as long as people go in the right direction and and leave them upgradable, you know, like you said, the APIs and, you know, maybe swappable components and things like that, then I think it may be a win. Yeah, I mean, and, and we kind of skipped over this, but uh, the bell with the 360-degree camera on top of it is probably <laughs> your, your best bet for that. Yeah. But I just don't think the quality of that, because nobody really wants to see from the crown of your head uh, on a motorcycle ride, to me, the uh, the, the front of the the jawline or the front of the chin is, is more, you don't see the bike and you're on top of your head. It's just like, right. Slide. You know, that, to me that, that loses something. I've seen people that, that have videos on top of their head and I'm not interested in them. I want to see part of the bike. I want to see your, see your speed. I want to see your tack. I want to see you. I see it moving the bars. Yeah. You know, things like that. To me, I want to be part of your ride when I'm sitting on top of your head. I'm a passenger and that's no fun. I did that when, when Rico and I did the devil's whip, 
um, I had only had my half helmet that day. So I put a new GoPro sticky on the top of it. And yeah, it's, it was a nice video to see us going through the devil's whip and me trying to chase down the R6. But yeah, it was, it was terrible from an experience standpoint. You didn't see my handlebars, you know, you couldn't see the, the speedometer. So you couldn't see like all the movement that I'm doing to hustle this thing around that particular road. I would say if, if I'm wanting to video the person in front of me, that's how I do it. If I'm wanting to yes. share my yes. ride, my experience, that's not how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. You, like you said, you want it on the chin or maybe on the chest, depending on what, how much stuff you've got in front of you on the bike. But yeah, I agree. To comment on what you actually started saying before I totally changed the subject there. Um, <laughs> um, as far as the tech on the bike, I like the fact that we're moving this direction. I would buy, other than the 20S, I would buy nothing but in the GoPro. I would buy nothing about what we talked about. I wouldn't buy any of these helmets. I wouldn't buy any of these gadgets or things like that because they're in their infancy. They're going to iterate probably yep. really fast or die. One of the two is going to happen. Exactly. Version 2 version two will be the one that you really want. Or like you said, they'll just fold up shop and go home. There's several society, especially with technology, it's been very fad related. This blows up and then in a year you never hear from it. And so, you know, once it's around a while, that's when I'll jump onto it. I'll always keep my finger on the pulse because I think it's cool. I'm like, you know, we're in technology, Yep. but, um, you know, you've got to prove that you, you need it. But, but I was also the way with the radio. How, how do you use a radio going down the interstate at 70 miles per hour? Well, this weekend was my first chance with it and an actual radio blasting music at me and it's not that bad you know everybody else was kind of annoyed but it's not that bad <laughs> yeah R- rico does it i don't yeah i still don't get it i mean when, when we talked to deb uh from from uh the fashionista with an iron butt you know she likes music and that's kind of what got her going and kept her going on the long rides and i can see some of that so i want to try some of that with the with my 20s but having it play through the bike and then especially having a big helmet man i don't get that you know, and I thought it would be more of a, I didn't think I liked the experience either. I really didn't. But on my trip, now I was wearing a three-quarter helmet. I wasn't wearing no. a, a full, full, a helmet. full helmet. Yep. But I did have my earplugs in. I always ride with earplugs in. And so the sound was similar, just I had a little bit more bass. That's my 20S. And, um, and, and I've, got a, I've got an equalizer on my phone that pumps the music to the 20S that I, I've settled with it a little bit to get a little bit lower. Right. But anyway, the going down the road, I had to turn the volume all the way up, but it, it was nice to have that, you know? So it, it's something that I would, I would say you need to try. If, if Rico ever lets you get out on the bike and y'all are going a distance, crank it on see how you like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've ridden it. I mean, I've ridden several with the music on. I just, um, most of these demo rides I've done, like I even rode that, the Magnum X one, which has, I don't know how many hundreds of Watts of, of sound. And I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. But, uh, you know, on a demo bike, you're on a demo ride, because I, I have two. I, I did it on a demo ride, and it was a completely different experience. It was, okay, I'm trying to figure out this bike. I'm trying to keep up with the people in front of me. I'm trying to make sure I don't get separated from the group. I'm trying to also get a feel for what this bike is outside of the radio. The radio is the last thing on my mind. Well, it was my, it was my fourth ride of the day. It was my third Magnum and my fourth victory of the day. So I was pretty comfortable with the, the bike in the process, and that's when I fiddled with the radio. 200 watts, 10 speakers. Is that what it is? Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 10 speakers. you imagine that, Kevin? 10 speakers. 10 speakers in my house with all my TVs and everything combined. That's the sad thing. <laughs> 10 speakers, 200 watts, yeah. Oh, man. 
So, all right, I think I'm with you. I probably wouldn't buy any of this either. I'll get used to the the 20s. I'm sure. I just I gotta maybe I gotta find different music because I've you know I made a playlist of stuff I really enjoy and you know songs kind of start and a lot of them tend to get a little bass heavy and man the waiting for the big hit and it's just like I'm like what is that? Yeah, see, and and I have to say, you know, I'm I'm a Southern boy. Um, I have my fair share of of old school 80s like bro country kind of crap, you know, Hank Williams, yep. Charles Daniels, you know, things that just, I'm on a bike. I already feel like a stud and, and this is going to make <laughs> me, you know, you just get, it just that kind of music, you know, I mean, that Def Leppard poison. I mean, just all sorts of just eighties, nineties country and rock. And, and, and so it, it's, to me, it works, you know, and it, it keeps me from, I don't do something that's going to make me speed. If I realize, see, if I see a song that I'm consistently speeding a high speed that, I take it out of the playlist. Out of the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're not worth dying for. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's kind of it for our, our helmet tech talk. I mean, this will be going on forever, I'm sure. So we'll be covering various news and, and demos. I'd like to try some of this stuff too. That would be neat. That would be kind of cool. We need to get out to the, um, what was ICMA that they, Oh they yeah, go to Europe. Yep. Yeah, we need we need to get over there. So squirrel away some of that, you know, guest fee, and then you'll be able to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my takes cruise through the mountains over there. Well, I I got to ask you one question, Kevin. We're we're gonna wrap it up, but I do have to ask you one question. Okay. So I I made a comment about adventure bikes recently, and I need you to just dispel that myth for me. Okay. Do you get yours in the dirt? So here here's where I am with mine. <laughs> And 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 and, and, and mine's notes. not been in the dirt strictly because of my inexperience. Um, I just started riding again a little over two years ago, and I was on a cruiser for the first year, so I've only had this adventure bike for a year. Okay, and I really wanted to get a feel for it. I have had it all. I have had it on dirt roads. I have had it, you know, in the grass, open fields, and things like that. The current tires I have on it are squirrely as I'll get out. They're street tires, pretty much. They're, they're called 9010. Yep. They're street tires. Okay. If you're not on a dirt road or small gravel road, lightly packed. No good. Know, yeah. Um, if it's thick gravel, you're, you're toast. And it's a heavy bike. Um, you know, uh, I know how to ride in the dirt. My first bike was a trail bike. So the evolution of what I had, it was an enduro. So that's, and it, it turned into what I've got. But I haven't. I have intentions to when these tires wear wear out, depending on how much I have financially that I haven't put into the podcast show. I plan on buying actually two sets of tires and having one that is probably more of a 50-50. That is, I'm going to put these on and for the next few months, I'm going straight dirt riding. And then when it gets to the point of the year where that's not what I really want to do because the areas I want to go riding aren't either open or accessible by myself, I feel safe. Then I'll put the street tires back on. That's my goal. But I, that's been my goal the entire time. My main reason for getting the adventure bike had nothing to do with the street dirt combo. It mm-hmm. was economics, comfort. Yeah, that's what yeah. I figured. And I it's all about comfort. I, I know many many GS riders. I've had an opportunity to speak with, and and they've kind of said the same thing. They're like long hauls. I just love it. You know, they love the ergonomics, like you said. They like the seating position and just you know, get on the bike and pile on the miles. And if you happen to get, you know, some nice trails or some nice, not, not trails, that's kind of the wrong word. If it finds like some fire roads or like you said, some nice packed dirt roads, 
you know, the GPS just takes you somewhere where the road ends and, you know, you want to, you know, try out that road, then, then you have the bike that can do it. You don't feel like, you know, like, like the Harley, you know, if I hit a dirt road, it's like, forget it, turn it around. And, and that, that, that's what kind of drove me is, is I had, I have been, been on a cruiser. I was having a lot of lower back pain. I was having a lot of knee pain where my knees were above my hips. I, I really wasn't comfortable after 30 minutes. And it was driving me crazy because it takes me 30 minutes to get anywhere to meet anybody. So I get there and I'm just like, oh, I need a break. And I, I should be able to go for longer than that. And um, I chose the adventure bike strictly so I could get on the bike and do what I did last summer. Is, I mean, I had the bike a month and I went on a six-hour, 220-mile trip to the beach and just just literally pointed the bike south and said, looks like this path will take me there and took off, you know, and and that's that's kind of what I wanted to do. And on that trip, I actually went down a dirt road, you know, it was like, OK, well, it looks like this road turns into a dirt road and goes through this um, grain field. <laughs> and I, I went, you know, it was across somebody's farm and I went and on the other side, he's standing by the gate. He was like, what you doing, boy? Yeah, I was like, John's had that before. Yeah, I was like, um, well, it was road and then turned into this and he was like oh is my gate down up there i was like i didn't see a gate i'm sorry i i, was, I just i'm just trying to get there yeah. you know and so uh, uh he let me out thankfully but um but yeah i mean i, I couldn't have done that on the cruiser because this road wasn't necessary oh shoot sorry is that that. Rico? see he's trying to ruin the episode what the hell is he doing <laughs> he needs to call me on skype if he wants in on this though yeah so, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that's the main reason I got the bike and, and I love it. Now, trust me, my ride on the Indian has made me miss the rumble, the cruiser for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm only asking because like I said, I, I just made the comment that I felt the adventure bikes were becoming like the SUVs of the bike world where. Yeah. But I don't think they're, I don't think like when I think of the SUVs, I think it's more of a status symbol, you know? Right, right. Um, there's things about an adventure bike, this particular that I won't, I won't know if I'll ever be able to get about the sitting up higher, being able to see everything much better than I can on a cruiser. I like a lot. I like being, I mean, I can actually sit up and look through the back of a truck windshield, like a, a pickup truck and, and see what's in front of him and what's coming. Whereas if I'm on a cruiser, I have to trust him that he's braking appropriately, you know, um, just, but that's that more of that situational awareness I was, I was talking about earlier. So. All right, fair enough, and I and I'm guilty of it as well. Like my my KLR, which you know, f- for all intents and purposes, is really. Whoops, hold on, we got a special, we got a special call in. Hello, special caller, who's on the line? Hello, hello. Oh my goodness, it's Rico. Peter, Peter, in the house. What's happening? He's alive. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. We're just we're, we're wrapping up with Kevin. He's he's done a pretty good job standing in, and I think he was getting jealous. That's what was going on. He decided to call in and make sure that you didn't forget about him. <laughs> yeah, he was Probably. feeling it. He's like, wait a minute, am I being replaced? Yeah, I know, right? No, no, no. Uh, we just landed in um, San Jose a couple hours ago, maybe two and a half hours ago. So we had to eat and everything. So nice. Kind of threw me off. Well, welcome back. At least you're in the states. <laughs> Right, they let you back in. Well, not 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 California. I mean, I'm still in uh, Costa Rica. Oh, uh, oh, I was thinking. All right, never mind. <laughs> yeah, San Jose, California. You're thinking. Yeah, you know, I was like, wow, you're going a Costa long Rica. way around, aren't you? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I have to fly from here to Chicago, then down to Charlotte, which is crazy. 
and then that long ride back home. I know. Nuts. You know that last hour and a half is going to be brutal. You'll be like, come on, I just want to get home. It always <laughs> I know. I know. So uh, what do we talk about? Well, we're actually done. We were just, well, we we're just wrapping up. We hadn't done. closed it down, but. Yeah, we're done, man. Yeah, you're about, you're about a minute and a half away from us just turning it off. <laughs> nice. A minute and a half from the kickstands up. <laughs> no, we covered, we briefly covered the, the Harley ride. Uh, Kevin was on a, a chieftain in Vegas. He put a, almost 200 miles on it in Vegas. And then we just talked a little helmet tech and, you know, all sorts of tech on the bikes. So it's pretty good. Awesome. 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 Well, I can't wait to hear it. So how did you like the chief? Kev? You know, I, I, I liked it. It rides really well. The suspension on it is, is, is wonderful. Um, coming from a cruiser I had before I, I was bracing for some of these roads I was going over, uh, just where the sun beats on them. And some of these national parks, they get a little bumpy, but the suspension on that thing is great. And I, I passed Harley's and I could just tell that they weren't having as much fun as I was. Um, because I asked them, you know, I mean, they, they're going slow. I mean, they're going the speed limit, like 30 miles per hour. And I'm, I'm just taking off past every one of them. Um, and so were all the other Indians that were ridden by Harley riders. So, um, it, it, it the ride was great. Uh, I, the, my only issue, like I said on the show was the, the, I felt cramped, you know, I'm a big guy and I need more room for my legs and room for my arms, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Apparently they, they, they have another seat for taller, for taller people to kind of sit you back i think it's maybe up to three inches or something like that yeah but what they're doing is they're just taking the padding out of it and the rod is is not that nice i actually have talked to somebody who has one of those and he okay. went back to the stock seat because he was like yeah this thing is you know it was nice and and, uh, and, and i could i could ride for an hour and a half in it with no problems before i needed to stop mm-hmm. and it's like now after 45 minutes i need to get off this thing it it, it really takes a lot of the plushness out of it uh-huh okay interesting Interesting. Okay. Good to know. Duly noted. Well, this is a good surprise, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, yeah. I figured uh try to catch you guys. Did but, you uh, sorry I couldn't attend earlier. Did you ride anything while you were down there other than horses and other things we won't mention? Uh, <laughs> well, um they had uh I, I rode a quad while I was out. We were out looking at property, so we got a chance to ride quads. So um that was fun. And um a little dirt bike action. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did a little bit of it. Not too much. But, you know, just up and down some dirt roads. Uh, up and down a lot of dusty uh, <laughs> hills, I guess you can call them. Along the mountainside. But it was it was, it was was fun. So, I guess you're going to have to fit the Indian with some uh, dirt tires, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely uh, the way to go if I, if I do decide to come out this way. You need that. But, uh, you need that Mad Max Scout from Easy Riders, right? Oh <laughs> and, and you guys raise up a couple inches, right? Oh yeah, you definitely need that thing raised up because uh, these roads here ain't no joke. Especially when you get off the main roads and you're on the dirt dirt roads and you're going up and down and around corners and there's like like trenches and everything. So these guys are doing it on dirt bikes every day and um, not bailing out. And there's a lot of women riders here on bikes so it was kind of neat to see good stuff and what was the what was kind of the scene down there i know you said you only saw like one or two harleys and they were both ultras but what kind of bikes did you see yeah since i since i saw i've seen 
two more since I, I, I pinged you about that a while ago. So and that was just yesterday, two Harley riders. Um, uh, but the scene is mostly dirt bikes and quads here. Nice. No, no yeah, pro street breakouts. Zipping up and down the main roads. No, nothing like that. <laughs> oh, brother, you missed me gushing about that thing. Oh, was that sweet? Oh, really? Uh, I wish I could have been there for that. That orgasm. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do it again for video, video's sake. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, anything else? We're going to see you in a couple of days, right? Back in yeah. Kakalaki? Yeah, so I'll be arriving tomorrow and um, whenever you can hook up. All right. All right, Kevin. Well, thanks again for joining us. We had a good time tonight and a nice little fill-in for Rico and a nice little surprise here at the end. So that was fantastic. Hey, anytime that uh, I can help you guys out, just give me a holler. All right. So our usual quick reminders here that our show notes, including links and images, can be found on our website. And for this episode, it'll be loudpipes.net slash 41. And you'll also find links there to subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher Radio. There's also a subscribe on Android option if you need an application for your Android device. And star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio are a great way to help promote the show. And if you feel it's less than five stars, or if you have questions or comments, drop us a note at feedback at rdubstudios.com, or click the feedback link on our website. And uh, apologize that this is two months old. I'm not sure what Stagger. happened to our Rhino, right? Not sure what happened to our alerting system, but uh, we had a, a user by the name of Love to Ride on Stitcher Radio give us our first review on Stitcher. And of course, it's five stars, and they say um, the show covers various types of motorcycles with a slight bias toward American V twins. I'd agree with that. Guests and interviews are great, and overall, I really enjoy hanging out with the Loud Pipes crew. So, love to ride. Thank you for that. And one final thing if you'd like to help us reach our goals, things like going weekly, starting a second show, um, and also receive rewards for your contribution, check out our donate page, loudpipes.net slash donate and click on the Patreon image. And also, one-time donations are accepted of any size and are greatly appreciated. Fellas, thank you. Hope you enjoyed your beer. We'll uh, throw the kickstands up and ride on out of here. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks, Rico, for calling in. All right. Take care. has been an RDub Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.